Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Two Norries podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hi, everyone. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Ron. Hi, Rowan. And in the studio, we have a Ukrainian couple... Um, Eugene and Lana, and you're both um, journalists from the Ukraine. I know you'll find yourself in Ireland, and we're going to talk about what's it like being from Ukraine at the moment and the war and the history and all that. Um, but for, before we get into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about like Ukraine before war and what Ukraine is like before all this happened? Was it like a regular country like Ireland? or It's... <laughs> Very hard to put an entire country into a yeah forty million a, people yeah exactly more more than forty million people it's a very big country and um, we are from the capital we have been living in the capital for the last uh, more than a decade and uh, the capital of Ukraine is uh, almost as, has almost the same as population as you have in an entire country Ireland yeah. So you, as you can imagine, it's a huge city, but also we have, we have everything really like the mountains and the big cities and small villages. It's, um, and a lot of different people, you know, Ukrainian speaking, Russian speaking, Jewish, Muslim. My husband is Buddhist. We have a Buddhist community. So it's really, it's a democratic. What's important to understand is that it's a democratic country where we have free uh, had free elections uh, recognized by the west and by the east uh by international uh all international standards and we have we have free speech and uh you know freedom of religion all that so we are uh a developing european country mm. where are you a democratic what, one yeah. what part of ukraine are you from i'm from vinitsa which is uh central ukraine okay and i'm from donetsk Dinesk. Which is uh, the most eastern part of Ukraine. Mm. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I was living in Kiev for years. Mm. So we met in Kiev, in, okay. in the capital. And it's a big sporting nation too. Mm-hmm. And like I would know parts of Ukraine through football, like Shakhtar Donetsk and Dynamo yes. Kiev. And mm-hmm. then um, uh, Andrei Shevchenko, everybody knows Shevchenko mm-hmm. and the Klitschko brothers and yeah. Lamachenko. So huge sport tradition in that country too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also a country that is uh, highly digitalized now mm-hmm. and maybe m- more digitalized than most of the european countries mm. and uh, we still have a quite low gdp compared to european union mm. but it is developing country and we have a like rich cities and maybe poor poor countryside but uh, we have to know that ukraine is the biggest country in europe by territory by land 
Really? So it's really, yeah. and we have 45 million, approximately 45 million of people. Yeah. So you're, people. you're a journalist, Eugene. What I, I, was, journalist? I was a journalist um, in the Ukrainian biggest daily newspaper. Okay. Was, I was a news desk editor okay. for a few years and also the uh, special correspondent. I was uh, a war correspondent also. I was... Uh, going to any war co- uh, <clears throat> to several war conflicts that were going on, mm-hmm. on uh, in the Soviet in, in the territory of former Soviet Union. Did you ever? Could you foresee what's after happening at the, in Ukraine at the moment? Could you see this happening at some point? You know that everyone knows that every newspaper in in Ireland and Great Britain was was writing about this. Yeah, yeah. so. We couldn't expect this in this f- scale. Okay. I mean, we could expect some uh, new advancing of Russian troops in the east of the country, which was occupied for already eight years. Mm-hmm. So we, most of the analytics in Ukraine, most of the politicians, most of the probably gen- army generals were expecting this just from the east, just advancing of a big amount of troops and the new fightings in, on the east. But what they did, in fact... The full, it was a full, it became like a full scale war. They advanced from six directions. And the, the main direction was, uh, two fronts, uh, around Kiev, around the capital. So that was a nightmare. And, uh, we have a good luck that our troops responded. And finally, the Russian army got out from the capital. Mm. So they, they couldn't, uh, storm, they couldn't Conquer the capital. So for, in one month, for one month, they were they wanted to enter the capital, and some of their groups did it, yeah. but they were, you know, burned out. But we quickly. were talking uh, with you before that yeah. uh, you mentioned your experience in Chechnya. He was yeah. in Chechnya covering uh, the the. That is the first war conflict in Russia. It, it happened in 1994-1995. It's quite long yeah. ago. So he, he was there and he saw what uh, how that war you know turned out and the aftermath and all that. And so when the events when we learned what ha- what the Russians have done in Bucha and Irpin in the uh, cities ne- uh, near Kiev, he was he told me that I'm not surprised because I've seen it before in Chechnya and I've heard stories of the families uh, there about what the Russians did there. Yeah. And uh, I, maybe you want to mention yeah, the, something. <clears throat> the tortures, rapes, and uh, everything That's that, happening you could, now. that you could imagine Russian troops can do very easy. And they did it in Chechnya for years. Mm. That was a long war. I mean, the first war was in around two years, and the second Chechen war was uh, around four years long. Okay. So what they did, they uh, eliminated uh, one third of the population in this small republic. The small republic had a population around one million. Now they have, I think, seven, seven hundred, okay. seven hundred fifty thousand something. Mm-hmm. So what, what we can say that two hundred thousand people left left the small republic and uh, probably 30,000 died and uh, you know disappeared and now they have the pro-russian regime which is much loyal to the moscow yeah. and they have their own troops that are now fighting in ukraine then how they 
The the idea of the Kremlin is eight years ago they conquered few Ukrainian territories. Now they take their men, all the men from these territories, and put them to the Russian army and fight Ukrainians. to fight Ukrainians. Even against their will. Ukraine, uh, in, in most they make cases, Ukrainians yeah. fight against Ukrainians. Even against their will, yeah. They that must be so difficult for, for these men like to be fighting their own people and to know that if they don't do it they'll be killed yeah because yeah, i was very surprised to hear chechen fighting against ukrainians for russians because of obviously chechnya has their own history with russia it's you know it's important to understand that uh people we we call them kadyrov people kadyrovci so they are the kadyrov is the head of chechnya now who is very loyal to putin and russia so he those are the men who are pro-Russian and pro-Kadyrov. But there are other uh, Chechen people. Most, uh, most of them uh, have fled Chechnya years ago yeah. after their wars, and they became refugees. We have friends in Austria, Switzerland, all over Europe, uh, who are now joining, uh, or years ago, we have a friend who has been in Ukrainian army for years. He is a Chechen guy. He comes from uh, one of the European countries, and he is fighting against Russians. Mm. Because within Ukrainian army, yeah. in Ukrainian army, so Chechen people are fight, killing each other mm. in Ukraine. One, uh, one, mm. one's pro-Russian, another one. We have to understand that uh, the war in Ukraine is not a war between Ukrainians and Russians. It's it's much deeper. It is a conflict uh, uh, that Russian Empire want want the Soviet Union to be restored. The Russia, Russia wants the empire to be restored. And the Ukraine is a key point. Without Ukraine, they cannot fulfill the Putin's uh, desires to make a new, huge uh, empire. Mm. Uh, if Ukraine is not there, the, the most territory of Russia is in Asia. Mm. Yeah. So you have to take Ukraine and then probably... Uh, trying to they will try anyways they will try to uh, invade or somehow make eastern europe loyal to them mm. or baltics yeah. baltic countries that they, they are now the members of nato but it, it doesn't seem to be a big problem for russia yeah C can you explain the role of belarus is belarus a pro-russian nation that helps facilitate the invasion of ukraine yeah they give their uh, they give uh, their territory for Russian army, and now most of the uh, long-range ballistic, ballistic missiles are flying from Belarus to Ukraine. Mm. It's like 200, 250 kilometers to Kiev, to Kiev, to the capital. So they are uh, they are shooting. firing, they are shooting missiles to mm. Kiev from Belarus territory. Yeah. But Putin himself wanted the president of Belarus, Lukashenko. He wanted. Belarus to fight Ukrainians. To, they wanted Belarus army to invade Ukraine from the west, from the northwest. And they expected that it will happen. But finally, I think now it, it would, it's not possible anymore. Mm. The, there are a few reasons of it. First, the Belarusian, Belarusian, Belarus army yeah. cannot, they don't want to do this. They are afraid of they will, they will be killed. They don't want to fight in Ukraine. And the second reason is uh, the Lukashenko himself, he, understood, he understands that if they fail in Ukraine, Russia will not help them. 
there he will be overthrown there his regime will be finished yeah. by belarus citizens so that's that's what it now he the uh, now the foreign ministry of belarus is sending letters to european countries with a uh, proposal to reboot the relations mm. well, the, the, so what they are not they want to distance from they want from to Russia. distance from yeah. russia yeah. because russia is not doing so good in this, this war yeah so they feel like probably uh it would be no greatest victory anymore no, um, you know before the war started what was the ukrainian relationship with belarus was it uh, harmonious or was this for last uh i think for last year of last 10 months it, the relations became very bad mostly because of uh, human rights violation in belarus and uh, you know around two years ago there was a kind of revolution in belarus there there were an attempt of attempt revolution, of revolution. Yeah. they there were uh, massive rallies in the center of the capital against Lukashenko. against Lukashenko yeah. and Ukraine Ukrainian people were supporting them supporting their you know yeah. the, the young the generation pro democratic uh, movement in Belarus movement. Yeah. and so after this uh, our relations became very bad mm. and also if you remember them uh, when they interrupted the Ryanair flight yeah maybe this story in Ireland is quite yeah. known yeah. yeah after this Ukraine was the first country who stopped flying to Belarus so that's why relations were, I would say, not so-so, but quite bad. But anyway, we didn't expect that they will give their territory for rocket yeah. for missile launching. And in we had US. actually, speaking about the relations before the war, we had many refugees uh, from Belarus who came to Ukraine uh, after the pro-democracy uprising failed in Belarus. So we had in an off even in the office space where we had our office in Kiev. We had like half of it was uh, occupied by programmers and other IT people from Belarus who came as refugees because they were afraid for their life yeah. if they stay. So can you, a lot of people that listen to this podcast and beyond, right, there's a lot of confusion around why all this even started, right? There's a lot of different theories. Can you explain to us Putin's reasons for starting this war? As my husband mentioned, the yeah. most important thing you have to understand is that, and Putin said it himself, it's, that, it's a quote from him. He said that the, to him personally, the collapse of Soviet Union was the biggest tragedy of the 20th century. That's a quote. So you have to understand his thinking that he uh, wants to create, to recreate some kind of an empire again where he can be he and russia can be powerful again i think uh if you putin has been in power for 22 years already he is like the tsar you know mm. <laughs> and uh we we had uh five or six presidents this, one, this president is the sixth one it yeah. is the in sixth president years, of ukraine of yeah in in yeah. in russia they had one for 22 years so mm. he i think at the very beginning of his presidency he was keen um 
he wanted to Russia to somehow integrate into the West, and he maybe had some democratic sentiments and uh, good rela better relations with the United States. But I think that at some point he realized that the reforms that the West wants him to implement in Russia, he cannot implement because he wouldn't be able or doesn't want to uh, fight corruption in Russia and he doesn't want freedom of speech because obviously the downside is that people criticize you mm. and media criticize you and he doesn't like it. So he has been suppressing all free speech, you know, many journalists killed, many opposition politicians killed. Mm. And, uh, and then he just uh, decided that why become democratic? Mm. We are Russians. We are... Uh, we can be our own power number one in the world. Why go? Why go join the United States or the Western Europe in their, you know, uh, traditions and um, political uh, life? And he invented this term, sovereign democracy. Okay. And that, he that and yeah. yeah, invention. So instead yeah. of being a poor developing country which only has gas and lives on its natural resources, but is uh, if you go out of the Moscow, is very poor, and uh, it's like very different Russia. Moscow is one Russia, and everything else is totally something else. You yeah. know, so instead of being like a poor country in the world, he can be its you know its own. He can create its own empire. Mm. And it's it's much easier. So You're relying on the money that coming, coming from the from huge natural and, resources, yeah. Yeah. huge money, the oil prices going up, gas prices prices going up. So they can operate with billions, and they operate uh, with this money to corrupt the people in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, probably related, in Ireland yeah. also. Yeah, I just don't, I'm not familiar with this question. But, but also yeah. they they have be they have been looking at Ukraine as the younger brother along the way. You know. Yeah. Maybe Irish people would know a thing or two about this, but mm. Uh, mm. yeah. So they they always treat us as, oh, you know, it's like your younger brother, and you. Uh, they always wanted to dominate. They wanted to be, and it 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 hurts them. Many of them to see that Ukraine wants to move like closer, has clo uh, like closer relations with Poland. And other Western, uh, uh, you know, democracies, and uh, they, they they see it as a personal offense mm. for their in their imperialistic mindset, you know. And that was and that was their reason then to attack straight away because you know uh, we, we we cannot read the Putin's mind. No, no. Uh, you know, <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> yeah. But any in any way, we have to understand that in two in last two years, the world the world changed a little bit. And Putin himself, he probably thinks that, uh, you know, the green energy story that is going on in everywhere now, that where European countries now say that we want, we don't want to use the coal yeah. and gas and oil. We have to uh, use renewable energy and, and, and so on. Putin himself, he understands this as a personal challenge. Mm. So he thinks that it's all against Russia. Yeah. For in his uh, crazy, insane mm. uh, consciousness, it, it goes like, you know, the president of Ireland could say, okay, we go to for renew renewable energy. But Putin understands this as we go against Russia. Yeah. Because Russia has oil and Russia has gas. Yeah. And you, if you all will, wouldn't use it, Russia will be poor. Mm. And the poor, uh, not developed and, uh, you know... Mm. Very backwards. Very, yeah. yeah. So 
in his and he also probably thinks that the COVID story that happened in the world yeah. was also against Russia yeah. somehow. Yeah. Did you did you see the statements of his foreign minister that he openly says that Ukraine has a bio laboratories mm-hmm. or bio research centers that were researching COVID? Against the Slavic people on some 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 strange stuff that they we're say. developing that some re- kind of uh, b- biological weapons against, uh, against Slavic people. But if Slavic people, but if we are Slavic people, how would it? Yeah. But at the same time, he says that you know uh, in his like pseudo uh, pseudo historic articles he said that well you know there's no such thing as Ukrainian people. Russians and Ukrainians are the same. Then two months after that, he says, in Ukrainian laboratories, they were developing a biological weapon that would target the Russian people. How would it know if it's your Russian or Ukrainian if we are the same people, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds, it sounds yeah. insane. It sounds yeah. weird what they're saying, but they're saying it openly. Mm. And, uh, you know, the not, not just ordinary people, but we can say now, we can clearly understand that Putin probably and their closest surrounding mm. are, you know, they they have a conspiracy in their minds. What mm. they are saying, which laboratories? What what yeah. is it about? They're just creating so stuff to they, validate. They, so reality, yeah, first they said that they are like against drug using Nazis or you know whatever. Then it's bio laboratories. Then it's something else. It's just um, it's all lies. And, and and they, have so they have some reasons. They they produce uh, many reasons to invade Ukraine. But in fact, all this is, all the reasons are strange. The real reason, you know, I think that real reason is they really think that everything what is happening now in the, you know, progressive world, we can say, is against Russia. They really think that they want the Western world destroy wants to destroy russia and the western world wanted to use ukraine yeah. to destroy russians mm. and they, what, which is yeah. which is they cannot prove it's, it's, it's just his crazy mind and they yeah. always yeah. used Do you to need call something it... in russia mm. Mm. okay yeah. you are far away in ireland yeah. but, but we are in ukraine we don't he need has, anything he has locked um any form of media from the russian people you know there's i think i heard that there's no more social media unless it's only all all Russian people, the Facebook and all these different um, social media sites. And it's just propaganda, pro-propaganda Russian over the moment. Like, um, the Russian people, what what way do the Russian people, the real people know? How do they feel about what's going on? Like, is it mixed? Is it pro-con? You know, are all Russians the same? Our journal, I'm sure you probably know Russian journalists. Yeah. Like, are they allowed to report their true feelings? Uh, you know, it's it's a very difficult questions for us uh, question for us because um, we are shocked when we speak to people who we know in Russia. And my mother has a cousin, and uh, her cousin's husband, who have been living in Moscow for more than twenty years. And we have friends who have family there. And, you know, it's very shocking. Like, we never would uh, think that um, any people at all, but uh, our neighbors in particular, whose language we understand and, you know, who we have a lot of uh, common history and common yeah. problems, 
and that they would, many of them would be so brainwashed that they would just say, yeah, shoot them all. They're all Nazis, uh, the puppets of the West and everything. Like my mom was talking when just the war just started. My mom was um, talking uh, with her cousin in Moscow and she just says, well, you know, uh, your her cousin was was saying like you're all brainwashed. You don't know anything. It's because the Nazis and my mom says like what are you talking about? You are going to Ukraine every year uh, to visit your family. You know, I I can understand the people who never go to Ukraine. They maybe uh, may think that uh, something else is going on there, but the person who goes there all the time, who has family there, who was born and raised there, what are you talking about? And she says, no, don't worry, it all be, will be fine. We will just destroy a couple of thousand of people who are like very anti-Russia, and then it will be fine. And then when my mom uh, was like sending her, trying to like send her the links to like, media and photos and all that information that they don't have there in Russia, she just uh, replied like, stop uh, talking to me, stop writing me. You know? It's very difficult as well so that Russian people are feeding into the, the yeah. propaganda. If, if you're yeah. going to ask me like, uh, are there some good Russians? Of course. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, see they, them protesting yeah, they, and... they, they are. They, there are good Russians, there are people in Russia that are against the war. But, you know, the propaganda is, the Russian propaganda is very strong. Mm. Even the, the best person in, the, in this world you are, you, if you listen to this for two, three, four years, you will go crazy. Yeah. And you will believe, maybe you won't believe the 100% of the bullshit they, they yeah. spread, but you will believe 30%. And it is enough to yeah. become a bad Russian, it, it's enough to support the war. Yeah. Maybe um, now they lost around 20,000 soldiers in Ukraine. And since the war started Russia? In lost. 50 days, okay. 20,000 young people. Yeah. They lost the biggest uh, warship war of Black Sea Fleet okay. now, with around 300 people probably sunk okay. there. And probably the amount of this amount will make them more sober. And sa and sanctions as well. And when sanctions. They feel in the pinch yeah, in their pocket. But sanctions are still not enough. Mm. They, they feel, you know, uh, uh, the, what is very bad in this. We Ukrainians, we know Russians very well. We are, know them the best. Everything what they will do, we, we predict. And according to, if we're talking about sanctions, maybe people in the U.S. they think that okay, if they come to the shop and they won't see the you know toilet paper anymore, they will think oh we should stop war in Ukraine. Never. <laughs> Opposite. They will they will be even stronger in their desire to crash mm. us and to to reach their goals. Yeah. Because when uh, the situation becomes tense. All Russians, they become like one network, one KGB network. Mm. They lie, even simple people on the street, if you ask them about the war, they will lie you openly. They, you know they are lying, and they know yeah. they are lying. But they will anyway they tell the TV propaganda to you. Yeah. Because they feel that they are part of something great. Yeah, That is the biggest problem. That's something that you cannot feel in the democratic country.
Mm. But it, also because it you, makes you, them you know angry. Is, it makes them angry and it makes them even more feel like it's West, it's the West against us, yeah. you know? So, and uh, they have been saying, the politicians and uh, activists and uh, other people, they have been saying like, so what can they do to us? They need our gas anyway. They will be buying us stuff anyway because they cannot go without it, you know. And uh, they really feel like it's the West against the great Russia, you know. Mm. And the the before the war before the war like years before the war, they had this uh, sentiment about you know uh, Russian values Russian values and what they mean by that is that we are the moral compass of the world you know and that's that the about Russia about uh, Europe and about United States and other Western countries they would say that. Um, Oh, you know, all these gays and lesbian and all these immoral things that are going on there and are, is, and are supported by the governments. This is so wrong. And they, the Christianity there has become like... So uh, Orthodox Christian. Orthodox Christian has become very important. And they see it as moral and uh, great Russia against the immoral, uh, corrupt West. Mm. And they have been calling us like, it's a meme already, like the Ukraine is like the puppets of the West. And the United States, they would call us uh, the, uh, that the United States are our overseas masters, you know. Mm. And like, that's the propaganda being used in Russia. Even the before moment. the war, years even before, before that. That yeah. is propaganda from the 1950s. Okay. Yeah. It's still going on. It's yeah. long and way. And they don't even, propaganda. if you start, I, I had many dialogues with friends of mine from Russia about this. Uh, and they say, and when I try to explain to them that, you know, their basic human values, it's not American values or it's not Irish values, mm. it's basic human values. This is relevant in Russia as well, that human life is important and yeah. uh, your opinion is important and that you are free to, uh, you know, uh, speak your mind mm. and pick your religion and uh, decide who you live with yes. as long as you don't harm anyone. Yeah. And then they start to, you know, think about it. But usually people don't question it. They mm. just, uh, you know, in their mind is that Russia and the West are against each other. Mm. And I think sanctions are, it's just going to make them angrier. And as long as the West relies on Russian... Uh, yeah, can I talk to you about, um, yeah. first, first point I wanted to make was the history of it. Again, I remember uh, Putin talking about, um, he made a comment about the Bolsheviks getting getting it wrong and i remember thinking like imagine like we have our own history with great britain right because mm -hmm. obviously we were occupied nation up to 100 years ago i know we are a republic i know ukraine is a republic but i can imagine like imagine uh in westminster they got a new uh, prime minister and he decided you know what 100 years ago yeah. we made a mistake let's take back ireland it's kind of like that and i think like if that can happen in a european country over there then it can happen to a European country elsewhere. So there's that historical side of it. But can you talk to me about the history of Ukraine? Like how long is Ukraine a republic? And like, has there always been conflict with Russia down through the centuries? Or there, you know, this is a long story for hours. <laughs> but like, Five minute version. Yeah. <laughs> look at it. Look, um, uh, the story of relations between Russia and Ukraine is really long, and uh, from. Let's start from 17th century, yeah. 1654. The Russia officially occupied uh, Ukraine, and it was a story of constant fighting, and uh, till uh, till the Russian Empire 
collapsed in 1917. Only and, part of Ukraine was under Russia, yeah, and, and another and, and one that, was under. At that time, the part of Ukraine was under Russia, and another part was under Austria, uh, Austrian Empire. Empire. Yeah, and some part of, was in Romania. Yeah. Then uh, the Austrian Empire collapsed also, and Russian Empire collapsed, World and World Ukraine World. became an indep- independent country in 1918. But in two years, the big Russian army uh, crashed this, in- this independence. And uh, Ukraine became one of part of the Soviet Union, with some of the territories. Uh, and and uh, after the Second World War, you know, in in 1939, the Russian, uh, the Soviet Union, took a part of Ukraine from Poland, uh, according to their treaty be- between Germany and and Soviet Union. They invaded a few territories that are now inside inside Ukraine mm. and Baltics also at that time. Yeah. And after the 1945, after the Second World War, they also, uh, Soviet Union also have taken some parts, parts of Czech Republic and parts of Romania. And uh, all these territories are now within Ukraine. Mm. And uh, in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed yeah. and the whole, this big territory of Ukraine became an independent republic. Mm which we have already 30 years. We have a real democracy. And all this, uh, you know, we have to understand that some of our presidents were more pro-Russian than pro-West. Yeah. So it's always, uh, Ukraine was like between the Russia and the West. contemporary EU yeah. uh, all the time. So the the president, uh, the new president, was elected in 2019, Mr. Zelensky, and he was supported by Russia because they were thinking that he's pro-Russian. And maybe because his uh, campaign was like, you know, we didn't understand, is he pro-Russian or not? Mm. It was he clear. didn't understand it himself. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> he's not his, a typical politician. Sure. Yeah. No. It, it wasn't clear from his speeches yeah. what is he, what he is about and what uh-huh. he is for. So that's that's why Russia was supporting him against the other the previous president who was clearly anti-Russian. Mm-hmm. And then after two years, you see that he became a totally uh, enemy, total enemy for Russia, mm-hmm. because Russia demand all these years, the two years of his presidency, Russia was demanding the territories. They were demanding from Ukraine to recognize the Crimea yeah. as a Russian territory and to recognize the parts of uh, Donetsk. Donetsk and Lugansk yeah. as independent republics. And finally, we, we had some talks, negotiations, even in, in Paris, in Minsk, and finally the negotiations were stopped and they started to prepare the war. But anyway, we didn't expect this in, this, in such a scale. Mm. I mean... Uh, literally, it's the biggest war in Europe since 1945. Mm. Yeah. You never can imagine how many. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Troops and how many armored cars they brought to Ukraine. We've seen the satellite yeah. images of Ukraine of the, of the convoys, convoys, which yeah. are 40 kilometers long. 40 kilometers, yeah. yeah. That was unbelievable. That was crazy. And these are all tanks. Yeah. We've seen stories then in the early yeah. days of you no know, Russian troops arriving in Ukraine and met with by local people, and it was kind of like a, almost friendly interactions. Yeah. But things have kind of gotten worse yeah. as as it went on. Is there like we understand uh, Russia's role in Syria as well, in terms of you know um, you know and nerve gases being used and stuff like that. Is there a fear now that that's where it could go in terms of chemical weapons? Is that a real fear for Ukraine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just imagine that, that Russia, is, Russia can do everything. Everything what you can fear as a nightmare or impossible, mm. they can do. Because they don't care. They don't care. Putin openly said that we don't need a world without Russia. If it would be no Russia, it would be no, it would be no world. Mm. So they openly threat you with a... With yeah. nuclear weapons, not only chemical. Yeah. Do you think he's 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 crazy enough to use these form of weapons? Uh, we don't know. Does it matter? Uh, no, does no. it matter much? No, it doesn't. If 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 he's insane or he's normal, no, but yeah. it, it the only thing that is that matters what they are doing no. and what they are doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. And probably I hope that uh, Ukraine will finally crash them. Yes, with the help of the Western countries. Mm. Without only, this help, we cannot, we couldn't do anything. It's only a matter of time before the Western countries have to say, like, what's going on here is wrong. Like, it's just unhuman. Besides everything else, all these different laws and rules that are with NATO and the UN and everything, that it's only a matter of time where they look at the human aspect of it and say. This is wrong. Like mm. this, these people are just innocent people. They're being killed. This should not be happening. You know, it's it's it's. 
are this like you hear all these different stories of you know conspiracies and and, and all this we're not going to go down that route but like let's look at it at a human level you know I would never like to see anything bad happen to you or you or any of us here in this room you know or anybody in the Ukraine but these leaders of these big countries in America and England and uh, why I can't understand why they're all over there they're shaking hands and they're donating a few million here and a few million there why aren't they intervening and, and saying like this is completely wrong are they afraid know? of a world war but maybe the world war has already begun it's you know, like Jordan the second world war it was the Hitler invaded Poland and the West stood by for a period of time until it went past Paul. And do you think that history is repeating itself and that inevitably it will end with an allied intervention? Yeah, that is that question is, you know, maybe we should address this question to the Western democracies and uh, to the leaders of the countries like Great Britain or yeah. the USA or Germany. But what we can clearly say that if Putin is still uh, president of Russia, the war will go will be going on. Mm. Maybe we, we will win this war. But next war will start after two, three years, because because this this regime and the Russian government, they only uh, everything is relying on Putin. Everything is uh, all decisions are made by him by himself, by him. Then then it's not the defense it's not minister, a table, yeah. and it's, it's not not a foreign. Yeah. Minister who are deciding to invade other countries. He has countries. complete control. That's complete. His. It's a complete dictatorship. So yeah. it's just one. It's person. his idea. Yeah. To to smash Ukraine and the idea. There then you know experts were saying it was openly written in different newspapers that Kiev will be conquered in 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 twenty four hours or mm. you know forty eight yeah. hours or seventy two hours. The old experts were saying this. And, and then all the democracies were looking. Okay, what we will do after the after Kiev is uh, surrendered to Russians? So they will be. They was they were uh, ready to the long partisanship war. Mm. But in fact, we still have an army. We still have a defense ministry. Mm. They still have a president. Ukraine is still on, still and everything is under control of. Within, with Ukrainian army and people in the country. Mm. So the tactics changed. Yeah. So now they're helping us with the more uh, offensive weapons, with the more uh, uh, long-range yeah. artillery and, yeah. and all this. So probably it will help. But on, I think that they are just a little bit late, in like one, two steps late. Yeah. So Russia make step and they're thinking three, five days, and then they make another step. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit late. So because of this, people are dying. It's the, the downside yeah. of democracies, you know, it's uh, much easier. The, the decision-making process is very easy in, in a dictatorship, mm -hmm. obviously, because whatever one guy decides, everyone yeah. do. Yeah, so, uh, and of course, it's a downside to, to democracy that... Um, and there are being many countries in the EU and each of them has an opinion and uh, they have to discuss things and they have to uh, come to a conclusion and it takes time. Okay. While in Russia, it just takes, uh, you know... A few hours. Yeah. A few hours, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's very hard to respond. 
you know, Russia as, as a country, they have allies as well. Where do the Chinese come into this? Do you, do you know much about the Chinese as in like a force behind Russia? Do you think they'll stay out of it? They, that they don't want anything to do with it? Or do you think if Russia, if Russia and Putin ask them for help, if other countries like the US and Britain start stepping in, do you think the Chinese could possibly maybe step in a little bit and, and, and help out there? No, no. We, we think that the Chinese, from what we have seen so far, and even the state, the official statements uh, of the Chinese uh, officials, uh, is that they don't want to uh, get into something that dirty and that messy. It's just mm. not the Chinese way of thinking, as okay. far as we understand it. Because um, uh, the Chinese, you know, uh, they like... Uh, <laughs> Money like uh, like it when everything is calm yeah. and quiet. Mm. And that's how you make business and mm. that's how you make money. And uh, they wouldn't be like, we haven't seen a Chinese army crashing Hong Kong mm. or Taiwan yeah. or Philippines or anyone for that matter. They're all you about know? the business aspect. They're let's, all about let's the money. Let's keep the money coming. Yeah. yeah, let's keep the money. Let's invest. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, bribe a few politicians to yeah. push for some, for some pro-Chinese decisions. Yeah. Mm. They're all about that. Okay. But they they wouldn't want in, in from what we have seen so far they wouldn't want to get involved into something that terrible. So yeah. no, we've looked at uh, we've looked at the conflict from the macro level, you know, yeah. from the context and the historical side of it and all that. But we've seen uh, photos and images in the media recently. Mm. What reminded me of Sarajevo, Bosnia in the nineteen nineties, you know, mass graves, innocent executions, stuff like that. Have you people, have you guys got family members at home in those towns or have you a fear that your family members are going to be killed like the people that we've seen in the, the media recently and what's it like for the people on the ground in the Ukraine at the moment? We have, uh, yes, we have family in Kiev, in Vinitsa and uh, in we had very good friends in Irpin, uh, but they are safe. They left their houses and uh, the houses are destroyed, uh, but they went to Western Ukraine. And uh, I had uh, my family from Kiev uh, moved to my family in Vinitsa, which is the, a bit to the west from Kiev, because in Kiev it was just too, da too dangerous. And uh, my uncle, he did not want to go. He has a house uh, in Kiev, and he was just very concerned about looting. So he would say, like, no, I wouldn't go because maybe there will be looting. And if the house is empty, you know, I wouldn't want to leave it. Um, mm -hmm. But then one morning, uh, as he went out uh, and was doing something around the house, uh, he heard a siren and he went into the basement and uh, a piece of a rocket landed. Michelle. A shell, a, yeah. a shell came just to his came uh, like home, maybe like 10 house. meters from his house and the roof collapsed and all of the windows were smashed and so he was just lucky that he decided to go to the basement because yeah. he mm. because you, you hear a siren like five times a day yeah. so normally you would be, be like complacent. ah you know yeah but then um uh, he uh, yeah so he came out and he saw all this destruction and then the same day he went to my to his brother's my father's house in in Vinesa, where it's a bit safer so uh yeah what about like in yeah. shops and banking systems and is industry still going on is business as usual yeah. in some parts so? look at uh their rocket the missiles are 
<clears throat> every day they shoot missiles to every city, big city in Ukraine. So it means we have 25 regions. And uh, today they shoot to the westernmost city, which are far away from the front line. Yeah. So they, they take strategic uh, fighter jets, strategic bombardment jets. They take, take off uh, in the Black Sea region and they shoot for long-range missiles, ballistic missiles, which go, uh, they could fly, you know, 800 kilometers. Yeah. And they are unreachable for our anti-aircraft missiles also. Mm. So that's what they do every day. So every day, many cities of Ukraine has an alarms. So it's people, some of people, some people get used to this, so they don't go to basements and shelters. Yeah. And some of them die just because they already cannot do this like on daily basis mm. going up and down and hiding away and yeah. that's why uh, civilians are dying yeah. and I they, seen them. they cannot do anything with it so what yeah. i can say that i have a lot of facebook friends like yeah. more than five five thousand and i see many people every day i see someone dies yeah. uh, army men or civilians mm. uh, friends of friends so they they write about this and as my as I feel it is much more than it was during the COVID. Yeah, what, what, that I feel that every day I see that someone died, someone was shot, someone. That, that's yeah. what I'm. I seen a video um, last week, a Sky News broadcast between the Russian minister, a Russian minister, and a, a Sky News um, anchorman, and it was about a lady. She was on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. She was just mm-hmm. driving down the streets and a Russian tank turned and just killed her without even looking, just shot her straight off the bike, destroyed, killed her outright. And you could see this, this the satellite mm-hmm. from the sky looking at this happening directly and you could see the, the, the Russian uh, symbol on, the, on this tank. Mm-hmm. But this minister completely... He said it was photoshopped. Mm-hmm. He said all yeah. oh, this was photoshopped. They said the same about the maternity hospital yeah. as well. They're, mm-hmm. they're not taking any. They're not mm-hmm. taking any responsibility for anything. No. Like they're completely lying yeah. the whole way. Even through. in the face of facts and evidence, yeah. it's just complete. They won't acknowledge some of the atrocities mm-hmm. that's happening. There are right? a lot of videos of when they're shooting civilians. Actually, I saw dozens when they're shooting uh, civilian cars or just shooting from the they shooting just pedestrians mm. in Mariupol and uh, so it means they will not recognize everything they will wouldn't take responsibility mm-hmm. and the only the international court international court could do this yeah. so we don't we don't expect from them any like you know compassion Mercy. anymore yeah, yeah. Okay. especially yeah. from the high class politicians yeah yeah well, and I think many of the uh, German Nazi leaders in uh, Nuremberg, they still didn't, they say, you know, s- claim that they were innocent, that they didn't know things. So yeah. uh, maybe it's just some kind of A defense, defense, mm-hmm. like for, for psychological them. defense were, as well, yeah. that you would never, uh, you know, confess because... Uh, you believe you're the ones being attacked. Yeah. There were no Photoshop at the time also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But um, like, where do you think we'll go from here? Do you see things getting progressively worse? Or do, like, what? what's the worst case scenario? And what's the best case scenario? The worst case scenario is that Putin remains in power 
for many years until he dies of natural causes. <laughs> so then it just becomes like maybe not as active war as it is now, but it would become uh, like they would just shoot uh, a missile every day at Kiev or another large city, making it, you know, very unsafe for people to return and to be there. Or that it would be like in, in Israel during the, you know... Uh, yeah, Afghanistan, Iraq, where... The worst Afghanistan, case, bombs Syria, every day. It would day. be just bombs every day and... Uh, the and worst case, the independence is lost. The Ukrainian yeah. independence is yeah. lost and Ukraine become a part of Russia or, mm. or, be, or like a Belarus, which is really not independent. Yeah. Lana, pretend to be independent. Yeah. We, we'll take it away from the, the whole story of war and everything else. How do, how do you feel about everything, what's going on on a personal level? How do, how do you feel? What, what's this doing to you internally? Like? is uh you know really hard to believe that it's happening mm -hmm. i never you know when when we were kids and we listened to stories from our grandparents about the war the second world war uh it, it was like something from movies you know yeah. yeah it seemed like this was such a long time ago and uh how could this happen in 21st century in the middle of Europe? It's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. How do you feel a bit safer that you're here in Ireland with your children? Yes, I feel very safe. And, uh, but we miss home as well. I know. We had, like, um, we had a very nice mall next to our, not ne close to our house. And it just opened two years ago. And uh, our district in Kiev really didn't have much, you know, restaurants and cafes or places like to take your kids to movies. You had to go to like another district for that. But when it opened, kids were so excited because we could go to movies just like next door. Yeah. And to a swimming pool and uh, just for ice cream when it was snowing heavily or something, you know, it was something fun to do. Uh, and then we saw one morning we wake up and uh, I check, we check the news every morning, uh, every night. And we see that it's that, uh, several missiles hit this uh, mall and it's like up in flames. And, uh, I was, uh, I was talking to my older son who's five and a half, uh, about this. And he was very sad and he said, and then, uh, he has been uh, playing in the backyard with some uh, like small pebble stones and he was making like a big pile and I was asking him like what are you doing and he says I'm building back I'm building the shopping mall back the innocence yeah yeah and I suppose all those memories all those good memories that you created like when you see that shopping mall being destroyed it kind of takes it away it's, it's like it's, it's, it's a home doesn't it yeah it's, it's it's sad. I'm actually quite emotional because I can see the, the emotion in your own face and, and, and well, I know it well, probably we, upsets you we to see not, a wife like this. Uh, why we didn't expect uh, the, the war in such a scale because we really didn't believe that civilizations that are reaching some level of you know material comfort mm -hmm. could go uh, and die f yeah. without any without any reason. I mean, the, the reason of this conflict is only political. This, this conflict is invented. 
Mm. By pol- by Russian politicians. Yeah. yeah. It, it has no, you know. No Ukrainian aggression. When we are talking about the Balkan wars, in some manner we can say that you know it, it's ethnic. Yeah. Like Muslim against uh, religious and Orthodox ethnic. and yeah. and uh, you know, Bosnians against Serbians. We can say say it's in some ways it's ethnic. Yeah. But here, you know, every Ukrainian speak Russian language. We have uh, like mixed population mm. we had it all the time we, we had no problem with speaking both languages with yeah. uh, language exchanging and uh, we don't have, had, have no problem with russians living in ukraine mm. there were no ethnic and cleansing actually we yeah. had uh, many and, russian refugees who were coming to ukraine uh escaping the putin escaping regime, the putin yeah. regime. That, yeah, that, that yeah. is why because they the kgb the fs modern fsb they never forgive their people if they're escaping or betraying yeah. like they did in uh, london yeah. Uh, yeah they they poisoned people they poisoning people yeah, poisoning people yeah. 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 So they, they never forgive they, they, yeah. they never forgive they will fi- find their people everywhere and kill yeah. they kill chechens who are uh blogging in europe yeah. they killed them in germany and norway yeah <laughs> they were sending the uh, assassinate can you, assassins can you explain to me about the russian oligarchs around the world and how they like what's their relationship with putin like roman abramovich from chelsea football club he was sanctioned by uh, the united kingdom to freeze his assets and like how does that is he a friend of putin and is this a way of the west trying to get at putin indirectly like Nobody knows, in fact, who's mm. a friend of Putin. They, he, he has some people that close to him, but it's not uh, Abramovich probably anymore. But okay, we don't know this exactly. Mm. But according to uh, the thinking of you know of English British government, if they sanction the oligarchs, they will probably influence the Putin, mm. and he will stop the doing what he's done, yeah. what he's doing. But in fact, is it true? Do they have like, this kind of influence? Mm. Can they really change something? I mean, Abramovich. Abramovich was an intermediate in the Ukraine-Russian yeah. negotiations. But yeah. for the moment, we can say that negotiations, negotiations totally failed. Yeah. Because they are demanding something that we cannot do. We, we cannot fulfill. They won't rec- recognize... Okay, maybe someone will ask, why don't you recognize, why don't you do what Russia wants? Just recognize these republics anyway, you don't control them. Yeah. Just recognize the Crimea, and in any way, Ukraine is not controlling them. And give up your plans for EU membership or yeah. NATO membership. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just why, but, do that? But yeah. okay, uh, it is a political problem also. The, what we are fighting for, for actually, yeah. we, we are fighting for the democracy. Yeah. We want uh, to join the free space of Europe, Europe, yeah. Yeah. Euro of EU, yeah. maybe NATO. This Ukrainian nation, we see their uh, hope. More, and more, more, you have to understand, like more than eighty percent of Ukrainians, according to the polls, they support Ukraine's movement towards EU. So why would our president just say? No, guys, let's just forget about that because our neighbor doesn't want us to. So next day he's so not the president. You give him, yeah. 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 Next day there will be a, a prizing and 
in Kiev and he won't be a president anymore because, you know, people wouldn't be happy. And also, you know, it's like a saying goes, you give them a finger, they bite off your arm. Yeah. You give them the arm, they bite off your head. Mm -hmm. it, it will never end, well, you know. There's a quote from, do you know Winston Churchill? Everybody mm -hmm. knows Winston Churchill, but he's obviously known for World War II and all this, but before that, he, there was a quote where, uh, and it goes, um, the thing about the Irish is they just refuse to be English. <laughs> I think there's a bit of Ukraine in that. Like, no matter what happens, Ukraine will never accept Russia as the authority. Yeah. And there's a brilliant documentary on Netflix about Ukraine and the Ukrainian people uh, around the Crimea. And, like, it doesn't matter what resources or war tanks Russia have, Ukrainian people will never accept Russia as a ruler. And you can't oppress 40 million people and manipulate into into the way you want them. So it's not going to end well for Russia. But like before we finish up, I, I want to go back to the question. Ask, so we got the worst case scenario. Putin stays in power, goes on for a very long time and it ends up like Syria or something like that. Best case scenario, what, what needs to happen right now to help end this? I think we said that really uh, to die, didn't it? I as think we can, yeah. we cannot avoid the... Uh, direct fighting between NATO and uh, Russia. A NATO intervention is what's needed. Yeah, it will happen. Yeah. It will happen. We can just say that, okay, maybe he will stop, maybe Russia will take out the tr their troops, but I think it would be direct confrontation. Okay. Some Someday they will shell Poland to Poland somewhere. or yeah. Baltics or Poland. any country which yeah. is supporting Ukraine. Mm. Someday, it, very soon, it would be very soon. So I think NATO is NATO saying some, you know, peaceful stuff that mm. they're saying, okay, we, we don't want the war, but mm. they are actually preparing the war. Mm. They, yeah, they, yeah. they move troops to Ukrainian border now. They yeah. have thousands of American Marines in Poland already yeah. and Lithuania and Estonia. You know, they hope, and the United States in particular, they hope that they can uh, help us with land lease, as they used to during the Second World War, yeah, that they supplied tanks and ammunition and planes and all that to the Soviet Union to fight the Germans. But um, uh, it's it's a good question. Will it be enough to... Yeah. Yeah. for us to win yeah. or we or if the nato would have to get involved eventually mm. i think i think i think that's that's what's probably going to happen they're just they're just going to say right we'll have to step in here and they will just crush russia i think it it, it it's it's like a good versus evil it's a, it's a possible scenario also you know? that we will win this war but still if putin is there I don't believe that it will be stopped or we have will have next yeah. next it might round. stop for a period of time until yeah. they regroup until yes. they regroup and reach more yeah. get more resources they have a lot somehow. of resources yeah. and uh, so the best scenario the very best is the dismissing of the Putin yeah. yeah to make him out of the power somehow so hopefully so there's 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 a group within the Kremlin that just want yeah. our our planning something like that at the One moment these ministers might you look know? at this and say this is not ending well for russia russia's reputation and the, yeah. the reputation of the russian people for a long time is going to be destroyed and maybe there is a minister within that cabinet that i don't know attempts to take putin out or something you know um yeah. 
that, that's hopefully. Yeah, but the worst scenario, if we lose the independence and like uh, Ukraine is taken, all the all the Ukraine is taken by Russian troops, the Europe will see, I think, 15 millions more refugees. Mm. That's the, the majority of Ukrainians mm. will run away mm. because yeah. it, it is no way. Because you know, we see it in Bucha how they behave. They 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 take the city and they they took every man, and they were for, uh, searching for army men. They were searching for Ukrainian so-called nationalists or activists, <laughs> and they were killing them. Mm. And then someone not was, even activists like members of the city council. Yeah, and some just, just yeah. they they were killing and yeah. uh, torturing and the, all the men in this in this, this small city. Not even men. How many women were raped and even mm. teenagers? Yeah. And it's it's just horrific. Yeah, so uh, uh, the normal practice is that they do with them. The rape is is abnormal, but yeah. normal practice they yeah. they eliminate all the activists. Yeah. All the people who are who could resist, and if they do it, every city of Ukraine, they will lose millions. Yeah, okay. that's why uh, this scenario is the worst worst case. So they are not, they didn't come just for changing president. Yeah, they came for changing the for changing Ukrainians to make them Russians mm. or whatever mm. to make us different. To make us yeah, to break us into to break, uh, the, becoming Russian. Yeah. yeah. You know, I read a story recently. If you don't want, you run away. You 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 emigrate or yeah. or die. Yeah. Or but I read a, a story recently, and it was away from the human side of it, kind of, but it was around pets and mm. dogs and cats and yeah. like I've two dogs. I'm an animal lover. Not to to leave your pet behind, or you think of all the pets that are in homes and you know people that had to leave their dogs and their cats behind and stuff like that. Like there's so much hurt and trauma being experienced across Europe at the moment because obviously you guys are in Cork and we're taking in some Ukrainian people that are coming into Cork now as well, you know, so like there's going to be a lot of healing needed to be done, you know, and I just want to say yeah. welcome to our city and our county, Thank you know, you. welcome exactly. to Ireland. Thank you so much. You know, you're, you're in Ireland, but by the grace of God, you've come to Cork, which is the best part of Ireland, you know, <laughs> and you're, you're very welcome. And if there's ever anything myself yeah. and Timmy can do to help you and maybe get your message out yeah. there or to give you a platform. We are going to, so we have a permission from the biggest Ukrainian uh, news website uh, to make a photo exhibition in yeah. Ireland yeah. and everywhere in the world, actually, with the best photos of the best Ukrainian photographers collected in the different cities of Ukraine. So we are now trying to prepare it in Dublin and we can do it in Cork also. Brilliant. So that's what we are working now. We are working on it, mm. working on it now. Well, we'll, the people we, in we'll help with the, we'll help in any way we can with yeah. the emceeing or whatever, if it's an event, we'll so we help just, the... It's an event and... It, the idea is it's a political act. We have to help people to understand the whole picture of what is going exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. And how it's uh, seeing these photos, even, you know, on the phone is, yeah. Yeah. is very, it's, it's emotional practice, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we, we just want to make a public, kind of public exhibition in Ireland. Brilliant. And that's a great way to show people by showing them photographs of exactly what's going on in, in, in the Ukraine and people will just see those and it, it'll just freeze time for them and they'll connect with their emotions and, and that then will just 
what the fuck is going on? What can happen? Yeah. What is going in the, on? In, in Europe, you know, in the, you know. Yeah, because we see, like, obviously there's wars going on in other parts of the world, but not 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 by people in Europe, not people that look like us, not yeah. that share the same cultures, or dress like us, you know, and act like us, very close li- live with the same moral code, look after the family, go to work, enjoy, go to the cinema, enjoy yeah. life, play yeah. football, these things. And when you see people like that being affected by... Yeah. Like, like, we have, we've a lot of Polish people yeah. in in Cork you know like we Polish friends yes. yeah and like yeah. that's right you're right next to Poland you know yeah. what I mean like it's yeah. not like the other side of the it's world not like far far away no yeah. it's not it's not and like yeah. I have a Polish lady work with me Asha I said hi to Asha but um her mother they're, they're from northern Poland mm-hmm. it's near the border and the, her mother hears the planes the jets oh. above the house you know so um maybe accidentally they could hit Poland and then look yeah. Worst case scenario, hopefully that doesn't happen. But can I just do one? We've a reporter here as well in the room, mm-hmm. and I just want to ask him if he has any questions for the two of you about anything because he, yeah. do you know, have you any questions, Donald, for 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 the lads? Yeah, I thought it was important just to ask him anyway because uh, he he's very good at interviewing me and James when he needs that. <laughs> Donald is a journalist for our local paper, local paper. Cork, yeah. the Echo. Court, the court? Echo. Echo. Yeah, ah, okay. Echo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we seen this paper in the, in the market? It's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our main paper for the county. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have been reading what the Irish in, Independent. Yeah, that's yeah. national. Then and this the Irish, Irish Times. Times. Yeah. Yeah. The Times is You know, national. in yeah. Ukraine, we already lost all the printed papers, which is, I think it's a catastrophe, but yeah. we have no more printed papers for years already. We have only websites. Which are, you but know, we have, we they have, have magazines. millions yeah. of visitors weekly, a day, weekly, yeah, weekly magazines, magazines only, yeah. but yeah. no daily papers. Yeah, yeah. it's just and the way the world is going online, isn't it? Digital, yeah. people yeah. don't read physically. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I, I love so much to be here. In but Irish we really like it because we come to a supermarket and you, you have get, like so a you choice have... of five newspapers yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they're yeah. daily. It's amazing. Yeah. You might get a job off local. Hopefully, maybe we can make coffee for the local. Exactly. No, the local end. You know, lose networks or whatever. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, who knows what could happen? You know, yeah. your experience of, of, of what's after happening. Um, you know, when this, when this all ends, we'd love to go over to the Ukraine with you guys so we can, you know, bring yeah. our podcast over there. I had an idea of, uh, uh, like, business idea for uh, after the war, like yeah. when Ukraine wins. Uh, I would take uh, my Irish friends and people yeah. I've met here on a, a dentist uh, tours to Ukraine because it's so much cheaper and yeah. the quality is very good, you know? Yeah. So really? I already have an idea, yeah. yeah. So it's not just uh, Turkey. We'll keep, it's yeah, just yeah. Ukraine. No, no, no. We'll keep Ukraine that in well, mind. Yeah. Yeah. So there won't be the Turkey, it yeah. won't be the Ukrainian teeth. Yeah. We, we also, myself and James, at some point, maybe in June or July, we're going to go over with a group uh, charity back here in Cork and... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah we over to refugees happen in Ukraine. So, uh, just people know what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's going on, yeah. So, yeah. so thanks. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Lana and Eugene. Uh, yeah. thank, thank you. you. Thank and, you very And uh, welcome to Cork. And um, mind yourself, a happy Easter to you. Yes, thank you. Happy Easter thank you. to you too. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.